I have got Reese in the studio with me. Reese is a very brave guy that I saw is on my friend list, obviously, on Facebook, and I saw a video that you posted, didn't I? Yes. And I thought, what a brave thing to do, what a strong message to give. And basically, I just wanted to help you spread that further. What led you to post that video? Um, Basically, about like towards my mental health of how down it can get you, but also that you do, it does get better. And that was kind of me just waking up saying that, you know, I do care about people who have got mental health because a lot of people do not think that at all. And like I said, if I could just help one person with that video to let you know that you are not alone and it does get better. And I know it doesn't seem like it does because I've been in that rut, but you do just wake up one morning and you look at all the positives instead of the negatives. I want to give a bit of backstory to the listeners. So you have actually had a very interesting life. Um, You're ex-military. Yeah. And you've got two little kids. Yes. And um, and had a few relationships in the last few years. And everything is fairly normal to the outside world, yeah. right? And then one night, um, we're all staring at our Facebook and seeing, where is he? Where's he gone? Has anyone seen him? And just complete silence from you. Absolute silence. Ghost mode. Ghost mode. What on earth was going on? I think a lot of stuff had just built up because I wasn't talking about stuff that was eating me up. I think I even crashed my car that day. And that's when I realized, like, I was like, I love my car. But I realized like, I didn't even care. I just didn't care. And then I remember I had my kids that day as well. Uh, we went down to the beach in Antwerp. And I can just remember being sat there. They were having a whale of a time, but I just wanted to cry and cry and cry. And I think there were tears that I was fighting back during the time I was there. Because I realised that like my time's coming soon and I'm not going to be here any longer. And then I remember dropping him off, and yeah, I just remember saying like I can't, I can't fight anymore. I can't be here anymore. And then it just led me, but I couldn't leave without saying goodbye to people. So I just remember saying goodbye, and then completely go in. And you just disappeared. Just disappeared to the coastline, wasn't it? Yeah, it was to Merthyr Mawr. Yeah, in the sand dunes. Still haven't been back there. But for us back home, we're looking at just Reese. Yeah. Absolutely happy, lovely Reese. Yeah. Um, what do you mean he's just, you know, as the, as the time went on and we'd get snippets of information and we're all desperate, obviously, to find you. And then we find that there's these goodbye notes that have, yeah. people have got and everyone's frantic to find you. At that moment, are you thinking about anyone? No. No, no one at all. I'm not thinking about my kids. I'm not thinking about anyone. No one. And then, luckily, thank goodness, we have amazing coast guards. We have amazing um, services in the area, and you were found. Thankfully, yeah, it was the Port Talbot Coast Guard that actually found me. They they had trekked all the way from well the coast of Ogmore or Puffcall, I think it was, and just went all the way through the sand dunes. And at that point. You saw someone walking towards you. Were you no, awake at that so, point? So I had kind of passed out. Um, didn't realise that there was like blood all over me as well. So I think from where my nose started bleeding. Um, and I just remember trying to gasp for air and 
and well, loosening around my neck and then just trying to get breath. And then all of a sudden there was the Coast Guard around me. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I can remember. And I remember uh, there was like two female police officers from South Wales Police just didn't say anything to me, just come up to me and wrap their arms around me. And it's just at that moment you're thinking, you know, they've had they had helicopters out, drones, dogs, everything, everyone out. Can I ask you a, a hard question? At that moment, was it relief to see them, or were you devastated to see them? Um, I do. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you that because all I remember is regretting the decision I did the minute before I passed out I remember regretting it and I couldn't undo it from my neck and then I thought that was it that was me gone um yeah and I remember them uh asking if I wanted to be stretchered down or walk down and I was like no I've, I've got to walk I've, I've got to let everyone see that I'm walking out of this and um yeah it was such a relief to be with my family again I think so do you know what that moment just before they arrived where you regretted, in my opinion, the first step of your recovery. Yeah. That's the first moment that your mind started fighting back for you. Yeah. And then taking the decision to take the walk back, not the stretcher, again, another amazing step. But then again, for us on the outside, radio silence, you take yourself yeah. away and you, I imagine, take time for yourself, which is completely understandable. But what happens in the next few days? Um, a lot of medication um, yeah a lot a lot of medication uh, I don't think my mum or my daddy none of them my stepdad said no one wanted to kind of let me out of their sight which is understandable everyone just wanted to see me and make sure I was okay um, yeah it was very emotional I think and just trying to get baby steps back into well normality really and get into a routine and yeah, just trying to figure out what the next steps were. But at the time, I was just like, I just want to be better now. So you'll see it all over social media. Everyone has an opinion on what the best thing to do, yeah. the best way to recover, the best way to help your mental health. You should be going to the gym. You should be eating right. You should be talking. You should be looking at therapy. You should be going cold water swimming, whatever it is. Is everything applicable well that they are all good things like if that is getting out getting up every single day and going to the gym is good for your mental health do it by all means do it but that's not the answer to everyone my answer is talking and I figured that out when I went through I kind of bottled everything up again since this incident and I wasn't talking to anyone about things that were you know uh, eating me up and I remember someone saying to me um she was like oh, I'm here if you know, we want to talk. And I was like, okay. And I just unloaded everything onto her. But then I just turned nasty and aggressive because instead of, yeah, instead of sort of letting it all out bit by bit, I let it all out on her and then it just become nasty and horrible. I shouldn't have done that. And then I realized then when I'd spoke to someone over the phone, I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh my God, talking helps, you know? And don't, Talk, I try to use different people for different things. So, because you can always feel like a burden if you're burdening people with so much. So, what I would do is I would select different people. So, for instance, there's a um, good friend of mine, Jack. I know for a fact I can ask him, and he will, he's the person who I can, he'll just tell me the truth about anything. And he's great like that. And the thing with Jack is that he'll seem to know, even before I had gone missing, 
he would message me, how are you doing, mate? And I'd be having a really bad day. And I'm like, how did you even know that? Like, how, you know, like, how did you know that? And so he is someone, if I want to talk to about something, I will. I, I say, like, look, this is... And he'll give me his honest feedback. And that is the best thing about him. And then there are other people I turn to talk to about other stuff. Like, for instance, when my mum's going through now, I turn to my sister or I turn to someone else. Or if I'm having a bad day in work, I talk to another person that I work in the same. So I won't unload everything on one person. And even in the Good to Talk groups, we just literally, how's your week being? We'll talk about the week. And that kind of unloads the pressure as well because you've kind of got everything out, but then you know who to talk to and what to think. That's the way I look at it. Good to Talk groups. Yes. You go to one locally, don't you? I do, yes, in Barry uh, Rugby Club every Monday night. Um, it's all set up uh, thanks to Mike Mitchell as well who's he's he's saying he's like a guardian angel to people like he suffers with mental health himself and yeah he will do his best to help you any way possible you know and he even said to me like um, you, I was saved for a reason you know and I genuinely believe that the reason was for me just to spread this word about mental health and about getting people to talk you know and he is such an inspiration to me as well, the stuff that he's been through and continues to do. And that's men, isn't it? Men's men and women. Oh, men and women. women. As well? Yeah, everyone's welcome. We have people there who've who have got like from they can have like drug addictions, gambling addictions. Anyone can just come there, turn up and just talk. Any age? Any well, any age, yeah. Oh, any amazing. age. Just turn up and talk and it, it is it's a good environment to be in. As you've been saying you can just turn up and not say anything. Just don't say anything. There's a guy that's, that was there for he, since it opened like eight, nine weeks ago. Didn't say a word. He would only just say his name. And like only last week, he opened up. Just proof. You know, he's an ex-veteran as well who was served. And for him to open up was massive. And it just shows that talking is really good. It might not be your answer, but I can assure you that it, it is good. And yeah, it's good to talk. It really is. And I love the fact that what you're saying is, so as I said, people talk about going to counsellors, paying for therapy, and obviously with waiting lists at the NHS, um, and then pi- paying privately is obviously a high cost and not accessible to everyone. But who you've mentioned is people in your actual life, mm-hmm. people that you know, and it's just proof that they want to take time to yeah. talk. And I think people do get worried that people don't want to hear it. No, that's right. It, that's, you do, when you're in that situation, you really don't think that anyone cares about you. You know, and I mean, after that night, the amount of people that turned up to look for me has really put it in perspective for me to think of how many people do actually care about you. And but then that kind of brought me onto a lot of guilt as well, thinking, oh my God, I let all them people down. Or you just, but those are the demons in you and they'll pick out anything they can to make you feel low. And fighting these demons it's not easy I think if I didn't have this good to talk group or the support I have around me then they'd still be winning now but as Mike Mitchell says these demons don't like it when we team up and when we're all together we're stronger than them and we can beat them like you say they'll be having a meeting in his head in the boardroom he says they have a meeting so he just closes the door and goes right that's it I've had enough and he walks out it's like, so you could do, just walk out the boardroom. They're having a meeting, walk out, and I'm listening to you today. You know, and he comes up with some brilliant things he says to me every morning. And yeah, they, they do, they really are an inspiration. Sadly, some people haven't heard that in time, and some no. people, 
don't have the time to reflect because they didn't have the moment of regret or they didn't have the moment of rescue and I mean you yourself know personally from someone you've lost this week yeah um and I think it reaffirms how important it is to be appreciative that you are here and being able to do that but that was also a fellow veteran wasn't it yeah and um a similar situation in the sense that just couldn't see any other way yeah and um the worst thing about it as well is like when um well when you were serving you guaranteed you've got a smile on your face before you'd even seen him you'd be walking around the corner and you smile he's going to come out and say something because he was so funny he was just yeah he was he was literally everyone's friend and um to think that what he must have gone through like I know I can understand his suffering and his pain but yeah for someone that's what I mean they always say check on the happiest person in the room ask how he's doing just sit there and ask him say really how are you doing because they think that no one cares you know and especially when you come from that sort of walk of life especially with the army where it's you know it's you know you can't say sorry sorry it's for weak people and things like that you know when it's I can when you're in the army, I'm not saying that that's wrong because that is a good mentality to have. You know, you've been training to go to war for Christ's sake, so you can't really, you know, you can't have that sort of oh, you know, I'm having a bad day. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it mentally can just be draining on people, and they just don't find a way out, and they think, oh well, I can't talk because it's not fair. Yeah, so it's a difficult environment for them to turn to people because. I guess they worry as well that the people that they're turning to are fighting their own demons as well. But luckily you did have the right people and it's so, so nice to be able to just have this conversation because if something just a little bit different had happened, I wouldn't have the pleasure to have you here today. Thanks, Chloe.